the sun is shining, the world is a wonderful place, there's a slight breeze blowing outside the gym where we are right now. Hello, Julian Bertharad. We're here once again at Jubilee Hall Gym, Covent Garden. That's right, Ellen. How are you? I'm okay. You sound a bit down in the dumps, Julian. Are you okay? Are you suffering for some reason in some way? Well, yeah, sort of. Okay. Well, I'm glad we sorted that out. So, uh, we have a theme, ladies and gentlemen, that are listening right now. Every month to the podcast that we sit down, Julian and I, we put our heads together. Uh, Not literally, I just want to say. And we work out what we're going to do the next month on the podcast. And what is it that we're doing this month on the podcast, Julian? This was Julian's idea, and you're going to find out why in a second. So we're going to talk about a massage, uh, a deep tissue massage, or if you prefer, a sport massage. Have you ever uh, have one, Alan? Uh, I haven't, actually. I've had massages in the past. I have a kind of love-hate relationships with massage. Uh, my partner absolutely loves going for a massage. I always find it a little bit kind of, like, uncomfortable, really, and a little bit odd, so I'm never sure why. But do you like having a massage, Julian, in principle? Yeah, I think it's uh, once in a while. Maybe maybe actually it becomes something in my uh, in my mind like I want to do more regularly like maybe once a month once every two months but yeah why not it's something um, it's a nice feeling somebody else is taking care of you so indeed and uh, it is in- I don't know why I'm laughing at that it is actually a wonderful thing if somebody else is taking care of you full stop so enough of this as we talk all about deep tissue and sports massage and blow the gun on the topic for the month let's get this podcast started well hello 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 all over again ladies and gentlemen welcome to two guys on fitness the podcast for anybody interested in exercise diet and a long and lovely healthy life coming to you all the way from london england you're joining me alan Teresa. i'm not a, a hugely professional fitness guy though i do like to go to the gym and my good friend here julian bertharat who is a personal trainer and is an expert fitness guy that's right that's right <laughs> it's completely true it's absolutely true and you're joining us at uh, jubilee hall covent garden it's a lovely airy gym it's a lovely airy day it's a lovely sunny day it's a wonderful day actually and uh, over the next oh who knows how many minutes we're going to be looking at deep tissue massage and julian's experience of having deep tissue massage and what that actually means i didn't really know what it meant until julian sort of told me and getting into the benefits of it if you work out in the gym so who have you been speaking to this month on the podcast julian and what have you been doing yeah the sport massage um with um made by stan Ruchigi. he's a sport massage and uh, it was a nice experience. I'd been uh, a while thinking about uh, doing that. It was uh, very relaxing, uh, one hour, and I, yeah, I, ne- I nearly fall asleep per moment. And it was, uh, in, I mean, in a good way, not, uh, you know, it was not boring at all. And uh, it was just a nice uh, experience, and I would recommend to anyone, really. And you've also had a chance to have a conversation with uh, Stan uh, Ricciki. And by the way, Stan, I hope we're pronouncing your name correctly. Julian and I actually had a conversation about this before we recorded uh, this episode of the podcast. So if we have got it wrong, do let us know. Uh, so you had a conversation with Stan all about... Um, 
how deep tissue massage works. So shall we have a little listen to that conversation, Julian? Yes, please. Let's do it. Oh, we will. Hi, guys. I'm with Stan. He gave me a massage last week. Um, hi, Stan. How are you? Could you introduce yourself? Oh, hello, Julian. Yes, uh, my name is Stan Rechtsiegel. Uh, I'm originally from Czech Republic. I'm a sports massage therapist. Yeah. At, uh, I'm working at uh, for Breathe London in Common Garden, where I'm based mainly, or Waterloo. Um, and yeah, I've been a massage therapist for about 16 years now. That's good. That's a long time. What is your background and how did you come to be doing what you're doing now? Right, okay. Um, about 16 years ago, I was looking um, to change my career, basically. I used to be a restaurant manager. Um, met my wife at the time, didn't meet kind of um, because she was signed to five, I was working weekends. So anyway, I was trying to find a different job with better hours and all that. And uh, yeah, we kind of agreed um, together that um, I'm gonna pursue the career in a sports massage. Um, and I found a brilliant school and studied with Susan Findlay in the North London School of Sports Massage in London. And yeah, the rest is history. Here I am and I've um, been doing it uh, for quite a while. Yes, I can, uh, I can imagine that uh, I did the same. Uh, I was not a restaurant manager, but I used to work for uh, Paul Bakery. Right. And uh, obviously it was not good enough money and then You know, uh, I end up doing uh, sport and uh, like you at some point. So, um, tell me about your experience in rugby, football, and triathlon. Right, yeah. Uh, the rugby is probably main. Uh, I was lucky enough at school that uh, London Wasps, I believe, they approach our school and ask for students to come and help out for, you know, as a work experience. So, I was one of the first um, to enter. And uh, yeah, the I just stayed and we went uh, mainly for post-match uh, recovery massages for all the first uh, 15 players and obviously more, there's not just 15, but um, and uh, yeah, stayed for a year, two years, three years. Um, it was great. It just gave me the confidence, experience, you know, to start with, obviously, you, you've got shaky hands, but the guys are so nice, you know it from, you are the rugby player, so the, the, the teamwork uh, from the guys, players, and our tutors was just amazing, yes, and then three years with uh, London Wasps, and then, then three years with Saracens, so yeah, so that was absolutely amazing, the, the good start of the career in my in my profession. Um, in the meantime, I was doing the triathlon not running it and competing just massaging um, and marathon every year for about 10 or 12 years I was helping out the um, runners before and after uh, the the marathons um, basically obviously prepared them for the run and then recovery day after or straight after actually it was uh, the marathon when they finished so yeah just just to help them out with the recovery and uh, uh, any pains and aches so now you train you, you help people for from the gym uh, what is the main difference between someone you're gonna help from rugby football or triathlon compared to a regular random person who just I don't know, possibly injured or, or just require a service from the gym floor. What is the main difference? The, mainly, obviously, I'm not in, in the clubs now, uh, more like privately in the gym and all that. But um, if I always look at it, the, the office person, these days everyone 
goes to the gym. Everyone runs marathon. Everyone runs or exercise hit sessions. So they are sports people. Yeah. They are not office people. Oh, are they? Who are they? Are they sports people or office people? So they are sports people. Yes, okay. The professional rugby club, it's a full-time job. That's their job. Uh, they put the body through hundred times, two hundred times more than the office person. But still, we office, you know, office people, they just go to gym and then they have slightly different aches from obviously the computers these days. Uh, but they still get injured running because they go to the gym after the after the work or early in the morning on stiff muscles. They don't warm up, they don't cool down, this and that. So yeah, there's lots of injuries in a normal life. Yeah, because uh, from my experience on the gym floor, a lot of people train themselves like if they were sport professional, yeah. and they are not. But they are not because it's it's not necessarily the, the fitness level, but they don't have the time. A sport professional is all about training, recovering, all that, warming up. And somebody just go for the office and go for a run and skip all these important steps of warming up and all that. So just to go further about this difference between sport and normal people so what is the difference between sport and remedial massage right so you've got all kind of sports remedial sports and remedial massage and you have the deep tissue massage uh, in my in my view they all kind of blend together but okay if you need to kind of specify it i would say probably sports massage let's say that it reads specific sports injury you've got your ankle you've got your shoulder from some kind of activity not necessarily sport so there would be sport remedial is a repair locate the problem repair the, the name it's in the name remedials try to make uh, things better uh, deep tissue again that's just we are again the name is there we are dealing with the deeper layers of the of the soft tissue soft tissue it's not muscles only it's ligaments uh, fascia um, tendons muscles all that so we as a sports massage soft tissue therapist deal with everything apart from bones i would say kind of in a nutshell so yeah they all blend together you use different techniques uh, from str to met obviously the massage techniques the kneading cupping and all that uh, but yeah it's it's you you look at the client client's needs at that given moment and decide okay what techniques how deep pressure uh, I, i need to do i go light do i go really really deep or Stretching mobility is really important part of uh, my job, basically. So yeah, keep people prevention as well. Prevention, I forgot to mention. Uh, so these are the main benefits and difference differences of the massages. I would say. So how would you describe deep tissue massage and what are its benefits? And also what typically happened during a sporting and deep tissue massage? Right. So typically. The, the sessions are, are one hour. They can be half an hour if there is a, like a, just a specific injury. Sometimes we deal with only just a calf strain or uh, tightness. Half an hour is fine, but mainly an hour I would recommend. Uh, client comes in, we could take the medical history, have a quick chat, find out a little bit of, uh, about the client from what they do, which tells us a lot about uh, their posture during the day, the pressure on the body from 
going to the gym, sitting at the desk, uh, driving a truck, uh, you know, all these. So we find that. And then, you know, uh, we'll find what, uh, what needs to be done. Um, uh, during the session um, and uh, deep tissue massage deals with probably mainly chronic injuries we go nice and slow and deep um, try to mobilize the joints uh, and the muscles help them with the recovery the stiffness and tightness so from your point of view what is your advice for avoiding sporting injury right um, listen to your body know your limits obviously we need to push ourselves I'll be able to advance otherwise in any sports, in any life, any any jobs. But we need to listen to the body. It will tell you when it's enough. Um, so avoiding, obviously, warm up, cool down, lots of massages, obviously. Personal trainers are very important for advice once you're serious about your exercise. Um, prevention, you prevent with all these, you prevent any injury happening or limits limited to happening uh, too often yeah obviously it's uh, as a personal trainer it's uh, it's uh, you see a lot of people uh, getting a bit lost you know on the, on the gym floor and um, a friend of mine a physiotherapist say that the gym floor is the perfect place to enjoy yourself and I I agree and I it's uh, because of the of the way the charge we put on a, and if you are not ready or sure about the technique well it's kind of a You can enjoy yourself, that's oh, for sure. Absolutely. And if you have the stress of your life anyway on top of that. So, yeah, definitely massage, cool down, warm up. All these steps I'll be talking yeah. earlier are important. They sound like cliche. Everyone knows about it. Everyone heard of them, you know. Oh, cool down, warm up. Yeah, but nobody does them. So mm. let's go back to basics and then, you know, build it up uh, from, yeah, silly warm-up. But do it. You're not going to get injured. You're not going to need the massage therapist often, in, you know, too often. And you're not going to have that tight, sore neck or lower back. If you do good stretching, good mobility, uh, 10 minutes warm-ups and cool-downs, you're going to avoid all the problems. Yeah, you talk about basic, and that's true. It's when you wake up in the morning, you're just like... I know it's, a, again, a silly baby, but you, you wake up, you brush your teeth, you have a shower, you have a coffee, you, you move on. Why not doing something like that in a gym? Obviously, not having a shower in a gym, but I'm just saying, like, having a warm-up yeah. and building up, as you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Building things up, yeah. P prepare your body for, you know, the heavy weights you're going to do, the heavy squats, heavy uh, shoulder presses, uh, run on on the treadmill, the sprints, you know, that, your calf muscles are going to scream at you if you don't prepare them. So, yeah, agree, agree. Prepare your body. What are the common injuries you see and the treatments you provide? Right, common injuries these days, uh, frozen shoulders, sciatica, lower back pain, uh, stiff neck, calf sprain, I think I mentioned it earlier from running, people trying to run, summer is coming, so yeah, uh, tight, full hamstrings, uh, knee pains, quite, quite common these days as well, so yeah, um, I would summarize it in that sense, yeah. And so what, do, what is the treatment? Treatment, um, again, individually specific, injury specific. Uh, there's certain uh, level of um, pressure we need to, let's say, exotica, for example. Uh, 
hypnotitis, piriformis syndrome, you just deal with it. Um, it's basically the nerve being trapped or impinged, and that can be really, really painful. Uh, so you, you go nice and slow, deep pressure. Um, I usually just open up top of the hip, lower of the hip. Depends how bad it is. It can go all the way down to your leg or can just sit in your buttocks. Um, specific, very specific stretches give the client uh, homework and aftercare, basically. And that's, again, the, the important stuff. The client needs to listen. Client, client needs to go home and do what we advise from myself. Uh, you're also personal trainers. We've, we've covered that. Um, so frozen shoulder, again, there's lots of uh, home care, homework involved. But yeah, we help and we advise and we uh, prepare them and show them the path to to recovery, basically. Do you exercise yourself or follow a fitness lifestyle? And uh, if so, what do you do? Um, yeah, I've been always trying to do some kind of fitness since I was young. And perhaps when I changed my career, it was I ended up doing something within sports industry. Uh, yeah, the usual going to the gym, run a little bit, love my off-road bicycle, mountain bike. Um, these days the hit sessions because of the time uh 20-30 minutes hit sessions uh introduce some yoga as well um so general fitness i'm not a young person anymore obviously uh so but yeah trying to keep on top of things avoiding the niggles and uh, yeah so three four times a week do something half an hour here and there um so that's that's my kind of lifestyle um obviously diet is important so yeah only sunday is a cheat day um so other than that yeah for me i mean one of the reasons i uh i book you or was at least interested to to have a massage by you it's uh your sport background because like myself i'm a i'm a former rugby man and it's uh I think like sport bring uh, a different sensibility. You know, when you see a profile, someone saying I've been in the fitness industry for 30 years, and if the guy is like, let's say, I don't know, 50, it's yeah. just like you spend more than half of your life in a gym. Um, I prefer to trust someone who actually deal with, because I guess, uh, and you had the experience, uh, somebody who play rugby have different issue than somebody who be triathlon. Yeah. And uh, because for, I don't know if you agree with that, but when you go to fitness sometime on the gym floor, it seems like it could, it's a wrong message, I think, but it seems like the more you lift and the more fit you are. And I think it's a bit more complex than that. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it is important to, 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 I think if you do something like in, within my industry, you need to have the experience yourself. So no, I don't want the injuries, but sometimes I get my injuries. So it's good to be fit, do something what the other people do, even the sports people. So you experience it from both uh, sizes of the pond, if you like, a size of the pond. So, so you treat them, but you get injured yourself. So I think that lifestyle comes together. If I don't know, is nobody ever done any exercises and is a physiotherapist, I, I'm not sure if it's the right combination. That's so tell me, Stan, how can people can uh, get in touch with you? 
Um, so as I mentioned at the start, I work in uh, Covent Garden, uh, part of the Breathe London. Uh, so or Waterloo Clinic we have as well, part of the Breathe London. So you can duck contact me via breathelondon.com website, that's breathe-london.com, or you can just direct, um, contact me directly via my website, which is impact-massage.co.uk. Thank you, Stan. I, uh, I did enjoy the interview, and uh, it's nice to get to know people who work in the fitness industry, but all around, so not only on the gym floor, the therapist is a very important part of, uh, of this industry. So looking forward to the next massage. Brilliant, thank you. I'm looking forward to treating you and causing you a little bit of pain. <laughs> yes, and I will, so thank you. <laughs> so that's Julian and Stan Ricchigi there uh, doing the whole uh, massage conversation thing. So tell me, Julian, what was the experience of having the massage? I think there's a, uh, a kind of like misconception possibly that sports massage and deep tissue massage is sort of physically challenging, nay, uncomfortable. Is that the case? Uh, it is. I mean, there's different sort of massage and um, I don't have enough uh, knowledge to, you know, quantify all of them. However, um, it's always the sport deep tissue massage means what it said, it's deep. So it's hard on the body. And it's quite interesting because, um, yeah, it does, it does kind of lose, loosen a little bit your your muscle, your tension, and we all have tension. Uh, it's very hard to not have tension when you train because obviously you stress out the muscle, uh, you put pressure on your bones, on your joints, and if you add this to your life in general, like with any sort of normal stress you can have. That's why the deep tissue massage is a good one to help you to release all that. Also, it's important to say that when you finish uh, after a deep tissue massage, I recommend people to take uh, a day of training. Okay. And that's one thing. And even on this day of training, uh, try to not uh, basically do too much things, you know, like uh, uh, running around, having a stressful day or something to make the massage completely, to optimize the results, the benefit of the massage, really. And what happened, talk us through step by step, what happened uh, when you were with Stan? You, it was an hour, that's right, isn't it? It was, it was an hour. So what happened from the beginning to the end? If you have no idea what happens, what actually happened? So yeah, it started quite, um, it's always in a, it's, it was a nice room, quiet, and uh, it's, which is important because, you know, uh, a gym can be so noisy and, uh, and London's life outside is also very noisy. So it's very important to shut all that down and to get an atmosphere very quiet. And then you lay down on your stomach, your arms along your body, and basically um, Stan start checking my spine, really. Uh, so with his thumb, he didn't really say anything. It's just a body language you could, you could easily understand. He was checking my spine to start. And then he start with the shoulders, around the shoulder blades. And then uh, I would say for a good 15, 20 minutes for the upper body. And then we move to the lower part for the back of the leg, the calf. Um, and it was, um, I would say, a good 15 minutes. And then I moved to the other side uh, on my back. 
to do the same starting with your upper body and then finishing with the lower body with some nice stretching at the end uh, yeah it was quite uh, it was cool it was really nice and we were chatting a little bit but not too much and uh, yeah it was really a great experience I have to say and do you talk about the uh, kind of exercise you do as part of uh, the massage, do, do you talk about whether you lift weights or you have sports injuries or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been an open talk. You know, you a free chat. You do you talk with your massage to whatever you want. It could be your job. It could be your how you feel, feeling like that. Obviously, I was asking for my for myself like if I had any unbalanced things, uh, tension. Uh, so you know, uh, I think. Uh, um, add some tension in my uh, on the left side of my shoulders a little bit more than on the, uh, the right side stuff like that everybody have these sort of things there's nothing major so that was the good news for me uh, I guess if yourself you have after the massage your master told you that you got the massive uh, your your arm spring, for example, are very tight, or your shoulders are very, you know. I think if you have a personal trainer, or if, or for, for you on your own, you can ask your master to some advice about what some exercise you should do or not do, for example. But uh, no, I was just sharing uh, to start my uh, the way I was training, which is always like a lot of combo, uh, but not nothing too heavy. Distance, but nothing too heavy because uh, my aim was always to perform the exercise correctly, technically speaking. Because people have dominant sides to their body and also dominant parts of their body, don't they? Uh, so, for example, myself, I have dominant shoulders, uh, which is why I'm always kind of trying to correct my posture because otherwise my shoulders are always pulling forward mm. all the time. Yeah. And it's the same with sides of the body as well, isn't it? Yeah. So you either have a dominant right or a dominant left. Yeah, so that's interesting we talk about it because that's where actually... Uh, when you train, we all should add some uh, what we call unilateral exercise. But for example, when you do a leg extension, you understand your both legs are working at the same time. Nowadays, uh, we have a, a machine at Jubileo, it's an, another leg extension, but uh, both legs are separated. So it's good to work one leg at a time. Uh, and it goes the same for, you know, biceps curl. Sometimes you can do it together, sometimes alternated, shoulder press, lateral raise, all those exercises, the same. Even the, uh, let's say, um, uh, the chest, which is harder for the chest, but there is some machine you can just proceed one side at a time. Uh, not the free weight because it's a bit more dangerous, but it's doable. A pick fly, standing up cable, one side. And it does show sometimes that you have a side stronger than the other one, which is fine. The idea is just to uh, reduce this imbalance you have in the body and to be also aware of it. Which, uh, you know. And what happened after? So you finish. How did you feel afterwards? And uh, did you have like an effect the next day or not? No, I would say right after you're kind of sleepy because somebody be massaging you dip your whole body so your whole body should be loosened a little bit like you have this feeling like somebody wall over your your, your back um, and I will recommend to be very quiet from a postural point of view like when you go back home just lay down a little bit avoid to, to move too much around um, the day after you should feel even better and then I would say two days after that, you're basically back on track. 
in terms of training, but I won't train, uh, I will say, the day after. It's possible, but it will just like decrease the uh, the side uh, the benefit of it and what about your sleep the uh, after the massage i think the conception is you sleep very deeply after a deep massage did you yeah i did so i think uh, i was sleeping quite well uh, the first night <laughs> the, the night of the of the day i had my massage and uh, yeah of course i mean it, it is a point you know like maybe in a certain way yeah, if i use a, a parallel with a training session you should feel energized after the training session after a massage you feel you should feel your body at peace you know relax and how important just finally do you think it is if you train regularly or heavily to actually build in structured relaxation and repair mechanisms or sets of time yeah i think it's important like to not be full on uh, all the time it's uh, you can't be full on at the time i think it's possible to train every day i tend to do that surprisingly um not because like i think i need to burn some extra calorie or whatever but it really the way i train uh, give me energy for the rest of the day so for my client and that's important so i train every day but uh, it's very important to adjust the level of intensity of your workout. It can come from the weight you put on the bar, it can come from the rest you take between your session, the number of exercise, the number of reps, all this. But it's very important to be always like, um, it's never a great feeling to train and to feel tired meanwhile you train. When it happens, it means you should listen to your body. It means like maybe give it a day off have a good sleep and then come back to more with better intention and better form because it goes nowhere you never do good things to train when you're tired that is certainly true and that's something we've learned a lot over the years of doing the podcast so there you go and if you are interested in having a deep tissue slash sports massage like uh, my good French friend Julian Berthera here or you want to find out more about Stan Rechigi's uh, services and I just know I'm saying your name incorrectly there Stan if I am I do apologize just check out the breathe-london.com website uh, where you can find out all about uh, the deep tissue massage we've just been talking about and we'll also I think put those details on our website uh, alongside this episode of the podcast Today's show is brought to you by Jubilee Old Gym, Covent Garden. Need an effective workout using state-of-the-art equipment in the heart of London West End? Then visit Jubilee Hall on the corner of Covent Garden, where you can also check out the gym sauna as well as a whole host of great fitness classes. Join online for £53 a month and there is no need for a minimum term contract when joining. Or you can use the gym on a day pass basis. Find out more at jubileoldgym.co.uk or telephone 020 to walk out at Jubileold Covent Garden. So while we uh, consider the benefits of uh, deep tissue massage and how wonderful it is to have a good night's sleep when you can, which is also something that came out of that feature before the sponsor message there, uh, it is time for... Julian's Fitness Tip of the Month. So tell me, Julian, what is your fitness tip of the month this month? Have you 
ever perform, Alan, an exercise unilaterally? Yes, I do. And funnily enough, uh, you might have touched upon this earlier, actually. I do uh, split up uh, exercises when I use resistance machines so that I am only working one side of my body or one arm, for example, if I'm doing uh, a chest exercise, and then the other one, and then rotating them backwards and forwards, which I think is what you're referring to. Yeah, I mean, it's... um One of the tips could be like trying to pick up not all exercise you do during the session, but let's say a good 20, 30% of them and try to perform them unilaterally. So let's pick up free exercise, for example, you probably, you know, people commonly do in the gym floor. One of them is a pick fly machine, you know. Try to, let's start, there's two ways to do it. There's standing up, cable, you know, Uh, peg fly. You got also uh, the seated peg fly. Why not starting with the seated peg fly and basically just move one arm? So both arms, both hands are holding uh, are, are the grip on the machine. But then you just focus on one side. Okay, it's quite interesting. You will, you might find out that one side is stronger than the other one. But technically speaking, uh, ultimately you become a you train better, you know. And presumably if you do that, you're isolating a particular muscle and preventing other muscle groups from compensating to make the exercise easier. It's exactly the point, Alain. And uh, it is, yeah, I'm surprised you say that, but it is. Uh, no. <laughs> and uh, so basically it's, uh, yeah, it is that. It gives you a better, a bit more specific feeling about uh, the way you work out and whether there's no compensation, you're absolutely right. And uh, yeah, so we talk about the pig fly here. It could be like a, a very, another common exercise, a standing biceps curl, alternated. You know, you can do 10 reps, for example. Uh, and you can also alternate inside the, the, uh, the set. So you can actually do uh, a bicep curl like alternated, you know, like just holding one side. Again, it's a good way to find out if say one side stronger than the other one. But it's a nice feeling too. It's a nice feeling too. And also when you, for example, you do a bicep curl both standing, both arms at the same time, as you just rightly said earlier, you might compensate with your back and swinging with your back. When actually, when you do one side, it's harder to do that, for example. So you target more your biceps. Um, yeah, and a third one could be uh, also obviously for the legs, you can do lunges one side, you know, one side and then you move to the other. You know, like you do 10 reps, static lunges, targeting one side, and then you move to the other side, another 10. And, uh, and you can, there's plenty of exercise like that. Uh, you can mix, you know. So the fitness of the month will be like to try to do more in interval exercise uh, during your workout. Not all of it, but as I say, a good 30% of it. It's a nice feeling and you might have a different perception of your body then. And if you do choose to do 30% of your exercise unilaterally, remember you learned that idea from... Julian's fitness tip of the month. So every month on the podcast, as regular listeners will know, we take a look at all of the questions and comments that come into us here at Two Guys on Fitness 
via our website, twoguysonfitness.com, or via Julian's website, julienbertera.com, or through our social media, our Instagram, Facebook page, or our Twitter, we pull out the two questions that we like the best because they're interesting, obviously, and not simply because they're entertaining and we know we can answer those questions. No, that would never be the case. And we do our best to give some advice to the lovely, lovely listeners just like you. Okay, so I'm up first, Julian, and Julian uh, is looking at my question right now, so I'm going to have to pull the (laughs) questions away from his sweaty post-massage grasp and ask the question as follows. Okay, this is a question that has been sent to us via our Facebook page from Charlie. Uh, though it doesn't actually say here whether Charlie uh, is a man or a woman, so I'm just going to use the term Charlie from now on, uh, who asked the following. What made you start training and when do you wish... No, hold on. (laughs) What made you start training and when and do you wish you had started earlier? That's quite an interesting question. I wish I'd started the question earlier. Perhaps I would have got it right. So uh, I'm going to ask you this, Julian, because uh, I'm just someone who goes to the gym. But uh, when you, when did you start training, and do you wish you had started earlier in your life, and why did you start in the first place? Yeah. First of all, thank you, Charlie, for the for the question. Why uh, I start? Okay. Just to be clear, I start training. Uh, on a rugby pitch when I was six. I start a year earlier than uh, the normal age because at that time I was, um, yeah, apparently well developed enough to play, to start the, the rugby. So, yeah. Uh, and then I did that basically until, I did play rugby until my mid 30, so, you know, 30 years of my life, uh, basically 90% of my life so far, so, you know. Uh, but the gym things, which is something aside, uh, complementary, uh, supposedly, uh, I did start that when I was 18, 19. It uh, was that time when uh, my rugby coach, when I was starting to be professional, um, uh, recommend every player to hit the gym, really, and to start build up uh, a more muscular body. Because obviously when you play more professionally in your sport, uh, the physical impact, especially in rugby, change, you know. And uh, that's how I discovered the gym. Uh, did I wish to start earlier than that? Not really. Don't, maybe half a year before, maybe, I don't know. No, I didn't have the feeling like I start training in a gym too late. I was like, I did it at the right time. Um, my wishes is more like, I wish I would have understand the benefit of this, of working out earlier. Because it took me two, three, four years to get into this new philosophy, you know, which is a, a new discipline. And uh, I was all over the rugby pitch, multi, uh, very uh, enthusiastic about it. And that's true, I was less enthusiastic about going to the gym at that time. So I did build this um, enthusiasm increasingly over the year. I wish I had that right away. That's all, but uh, yeah. And is there a, an ideal time, in your opinion, for people to start training regularly at the gym or indeed out of it, whatever they do, or does it not matter? Well, I have to say it's a very, it's a huge uh, question here, and it's crucial. It's the foundation of everything, why you start training. 
And it's something I ask systematically to anyone who starts training with me. I need to understand why they are training, what's their motivation, because it's gonna influence definitely everything. You know, the way you're gonna, the way you're gonna put on the bar, the, uh, how many times you're gonna go to the gym and all that. I think there is no personal time. It's just like, um, it's hard to start in your 20s. I did it because I was a, uh, um, uh, I was a, my rugby coach, you know, pushed me and had a reason to do it. But so many young people do it now because they look at social media, especially men, and uh, they feel the pressure of, you know, what we call virility, what is a, the man should like these days and feel like that. And uh, yeah, I, w- I, I watch um, quite a few documentaries about how the pressure men nowadays have um, apparently on their shoulders to look like. And um, yeah, it's never good. I will also, I will always recommend someone to start a sport activity and then the gym can be there as a complementary uh, uh, aspects of your sport activity but the gym on its own it's it's a bit dry you know to start early you know but it's a good thing isn't it really that um, young uh, men and women are motivated to focus on their uh, physical appearance their body aesthetic in one way which is it gives them a foundation even if it's for uh, egotistical or reasons of vanity it gives them a foundation for a strong and healthy life moving forward doesn't it i remember when i was growing up there wasn't that focus at all uh, and also that generation that didn't have that focus a lot of those people developed heart problems weight problems etc etc if you train young and early even if it's you know to make yourself more attractive surely that's a positive thing in one regard no it is it is a sort of uh, since the army uh, service been uh, withdrawn and not uh, an obligation anymore in france like in uk it's true that uh, training can uh, offer people individual sort of discipline to stick to it a bit like the army did roughly now we all know that um the problem is a gym is a business uh, area as well to sell concept the army was a bit more like a school of life i can say like uh, teaching you discipline team spirit you know a certain uh, value i guess uh, the gym is a bit different because it's tricky. It's uh, a gym is a business uh, area again. So people are gonna sell you protein shake. Are gonna you got meal everywhere. It's a place where you can make your you could be more influenceable, and you don't have um, an officer to come <laughs> uh, or to come to you and to teach you the right thing. You're on your own, so it's a bit more tricky. But the training itself here yeah, certainly can bring some discipline to your life. Uh, especially if you do classes or have a personal trainer. And uh, yeah, that's... um That is certainly true. So I hope that's helpful for you, uh, Charlie. Uh, And um, interesting enough, uh, you hear about Julian, the little six-year-old there running around with a rugby ball. The ball was probably as big as Julian was at that age, which uh, would have been quite a thing to see. Now, anyway, enough of us talking about when you were a little child. Uh, You've got the next question, Julian. What is it? Yes, absolutely. It's from Jacob in Berlin, who has contacted us through our website to ask, are some exercises better for different life decades? I'm 36 and used to run and eat. 
I am so more now and want to maintain energy. Any advice? There you go. This is a question that cuts straight to my heart. Uh, I do less of these kind of like high impact, high adrenaline training uh, routines than I used to. When I used to do uh, the kickboxing, I used to really enjoy it, though the thought of doing that now would be enough to kind of like, you know, uh, terrify the life out of me. So are certain exercise or certain exercise routines better for some decades than others? Yeah, okay. On this one, thank you for your question, Jacob. Uh, it's another thing, interesting one, because uh, um, I would say I'm going to answer with my instinct, okay? If you want to maintain a high level of energy, I will say, first of all, I know it's hard for some men, but drop the weight on the bar, okay? Because the more weight you put on the bar, you're likely to need more rest. And that rest kind of break down a rhythm. And um, when I, I've been training myself on the gym floor for now a good 20 years, and obviously you, like any life experience, you grab, you things, you reject some other process. And I would say that I really find that the best way to keep a good energy level is to keep moving on, to stop breaking the rhythm. And to do so, you need to obviously drop the weight. Yeah, to remain, to keep decent weight, you know, to be challenging, but to never take more than 20 second break, you know. And uh, some exercise, I think the eat, um, I do sort of train like uh, in a eat philosophy things, but I would say like in doing, in performing the exercise correctly, I found sometimes, uh, I found sometimes the eat process workout uh, a bit dangerous for some people because uh, you can see they are not controlling or understanding what they're doing and then it becomes an issue. But the process is right in terms of intensity. You know, you have to keep moving on and it's great. Um, so, um, how can I, I try to narrow what I'm going to say now. I will say that, yeah, keep a great intensity in your workout in keeping also in performing every exercise with a good understanding and that should keep you on for quite a while but drop the weight keep moving on and uh, remain happy that's your advice but i've got a question on that if you drop the weight i understand what you're saying but if you drop the weight that you use uh when you're exercising if you do strength and resistance training does that does that also mean that you're not going to add muscle. Well, that's a bit the crossroad uh, you have to go uh, through in your training uh, philosophy. It's when you are 20, 30, I will say no matter what, you know, you do whatever you want. Uh, when you reach, when you are mid 30 like you are, and like I was, unfortunately <laughs> for me a few years ago, uh, well, you need to re-update a little bit your, your, your motivation, your, your philosophy. I don't want, don't get me wrong, I don't want to get, um, I didn't lose one bit of ambition for myself, but I want to push, I want to remain ambition as far as I can in my life, and I don't want to see my 50 or my 60, for example, being like a dead end things. So it's a, yeah, at some point when you reach mid 30 or 40, yeah, it's become, it's becoming very hard to keep putting mass on your body. 
So what? At the same time, you do not decrease. Like if you are, it's on a roller coaster. You know, when you just lose kilo of ma- mass muscle, like a kilo per year and month, and it's not that. I don't decrease. I don't disappear my body, but I stop pretending it's possible to keep muscle mass. Uh, increase over the, your f- mid 30 and 40. And also, we all know the concept. If you want to put more mass to increase all of that, you need to increase the charge and eat more. All of that, your body is gonna make you pay that when you're gonna get older. And it's from a certain point of view not worth it. Uh, but again, no judgment here. People do what they want in their life. It's just like uh, it's hard to keep the same things all your life you need to i mean to finish on a wider angle of things i would say like the story from uh, the human spaces is uh, the adaptation you know the and if you don't adapt well you die it's just it's the story of uh, humanity uh, pretty much so you have to adapt you know you when you're 40 when you're mid 30 when you're 50 i think it's quite understandable that your needs are different you know and if you don't understand that well you're gonna you're gonna be in trouble you are indeed and uh, one thing that we're very good uh, at adapting to on the podcast here is when we come to the end of the questions which we have done this uh, month on the podcast that's our two questions hope that was helpful for you Jacob and also for you Charlie whether you are a man or a woman and uh, remember if you want to get in touch drop us a line through our website or through Julian's website or our social media and we love it when you get in touch so there you go Julian that's another podcast episode out of the way and do you feel as relaxed now as after you had your deep tissue massage no yes I do I'm feeling relaxed and uh, I can't uh, it, it is really uh, a nice experience it is and I forgot because I used to have a massage like maybe I'm talking about probably years and years and years ago and to have another one I have to say wow it was a um, a pleasant, really pleasant uh, experience. And remember, if you do want to also have the pleasant massage experience that Julian had, get in touch with Stan. Uh, as I said, his details will be on the website. So I say to you now, ladies and gentlemen listening, as I say to Julian, adieu. Thank you for joining us this month on the podcast. And remember, if you do continue to train, and also if you decide to have a massage, remember to enjoy your workout and your massage. Thank mm-hmm. you.